Welcome back to Press Coverage. I am Theo Greminger, and I'm joined by Derek Brown of Fantasy Pros. And D-Bro has come on and chopped it up with me here a couple of times, but this is your first appearance on Press Coverage, D-Bro. So this is this is like a big thing. Last time we last time we met, it was me, you, and Billy Muzio on First Class <laughs> Fantasy, and that was an absolute blast. Uh, and we've gone through, it feels like it was like three years ago. It was like two months oh. ago. So we've had a lot of, a lot of action this summer. Um, it's been wild. It's been crazy. But we're going to have a little bit of fun today because we're going to plant some flags. Yesterday, oh, you heard baby. Justin Boone. Yesterday, you heard uh, Dave Kluge and Alfredo Brown with Billy and I. We've been planting flags the last two days. You put in all the work during the summer, D-Bro. Now it's time for you to say, these are my guys this year. This is why you should draft them. And that's it. And first, I want to talk to you about where people can find your work, because I think a lot of people here at Player Profiler are familiar hearing you on podcasts. But one thing you do during the year, which is in really incredible, is you put out one of kind of like the the must-read articles of the week across fantasy, which is the primer. And I know you put a great deal of uh, work into that. Why don't you tell a little everybody what that article is, where they can find it during the season, what day it drops? Yeah, man, I appreciate all the all the kind words, Theo. You know, ton of respect for for your work, Billy's work, Billy's work, everybody over Player Profiler, Matt, everybody. Y'all are doing fantastic stuff, dude. So appreciate that. Anytime you give me a chance to sit here and hop on and chop it up with you, I look at that as a blessing, my man. Um, but as far as the primer, man, it's live every Thursday morning up on FantasyPros.com, and it's my love letter to everybody every single week. Um, I go through every single game. I give you every single player how to rank them, where they're going, matchups, all these types of things. It's basically my 15 to 20,000 word love letter about every single week. It's a game-by-game article. It's a lot to read. I'm not going to tell you that it's not, but it's worth your time. I put the time into it. I start writing that bad boy on Monday nights. That way it is up first thing Thursday morning and I update it constantly throughout the week. So Friday afternoon, Friday night, after we get inactives, game statuses, all that kind of stuff, practice reports, we got the full week of everything. A lot of the early week stuff that I'm tackling, whether it's like players that like we're like, it's we don't know if they're going to play. They're, the practice reports are up and down. I go back and I update everything on Friday night to sit here and make sure everybody has the most up-to-date stuff that's possible in that primer. So not only are you reading it on Thursday, but I want you coming back and reading that bad boy for the updates on Friday and Saturday because I'm updating it all weekend. If news pops on Saturday night, you better believe I'm sitting my ass down at my desk and I'm sitting here updating that for everybody that's going to be tuning in and reading it, man. No, it's it's definitely awesome. And the scope of it, it's, it's you know, like you said, it's the sheer volume of it. Um, you know, I do the waiver wire article here at Player Profiler. And then I, I'm doing a sleepers article that drops, you know, Thursday, Friday. And, you know, the the like dr- doing the weekly grind versus the off season where you have like a little bit more wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There's something to be said for that. It's like you set your week to I'm doing this and that. So big hat tip to you for putting that out. And how about podcast wise? What do you drop during the season, D-Bro? Where can people find your pods? Yeah, man, everything's on the main show. I'm on uh, the main show on Mondays um, and Thursdays and Fridays. So Mondays we're going to hit. So Sunday night, again, for everybody, you know, we're grinding stuff, baby. Sunday nights, as soon as the games are done, 
uh, Pat Fitzmorris, Bo McBrayer, and I are all the three of us are getting together. We write the waiver wire column on Sunday nights. That way it is live and brand spanking new on Monday mornings. But we have the podcast uh, on Fantasy Pros. I'm on the the Monday waiver wire, sh- uh, the Monday waiver wire show. Thursday I'm on start sit. So telling you who to start, who to sit for those players on Thursday on the main show and on Friday. Um, I'm doing basically we're going to go through the primer. So if you don't want to. If reading the primer is not your cup of tea or you scan it, you want to get to certain games, that's all good. Check it out. Please do. Um, But as well, we're going to have this in audio form as well. So on Fridays, we're going to roll through game by game. We're going to tell you players that stick out, matchups to target, to avoid, all those types of things. And as well as Joey P and I, every Friday, we're going to be doing a show on AMP. So 2 p.m. Eastern on AMP. So download the app. It's totally free. We're going to be doing DFS every single Friday. I'm a DFS degen. I'm out in the streets. I'm putting my cash out there. The players that I'm going to recommend, the process that I'm telling you why to play them, I'm playing them as well. So let's ride together. Let's make some money, man. It's been a lot of good DFS seasons. I'm going on three or four DFS seasons. Um, now in the in the rear view, uh, I've made King of the Beach multiple times. Been profitable every single year. So if you want to make the cash with me, Tune in on Fridays. Yeah, and uh, Joseph Pisapia is coming on the big tilt a few times uh, here on Player Profiler, so we've got him lined up as well. That's awesome, D-Bro. Have you looked at the week one schedule? Tell us a player who's going to smash week one, not knowing their prices. Just give me a guy with the the matchups. Like, okay, we'll start out easy. Um, Kansas Kansas City, Detroit. Who is the guy that we should keep an eye on in that game? uh, I think the low-hanging fruit is Amon-Ra, but I'm going to tell you Sammy Ballgame. Let's go Sam Laporta. Kansas City has been bad versus tight ends, and you can look back through all the metrics. This is multiple years. This is a Steve Spagnuolo thing. The way that he constructs his defenses, they give up a lot of production on the ground as well as to tight ends. So the players that I'm going to be ranking aggressively in that game, I'm going to a wide receiver one. Nobody's going to be surprised by that. That's going to happen. The other two players, like this game is going to go nuclear, I'm telling you right now, Theo, Jameer Gibbs is going to have a monster game. He's going to catch a shit ton of passes because Kansas City is top five almost every single year in receptions allowed to running backs, as well as they have been bad versus tight ends. Semi ball game is going to have a good one. So if you want to fade Amon Ra in your showdown lineups in that game, Captain Ball game, Captain Gibbs, enjoy the money. Yeah, we've talked about this because usually after that Thursday night game, you see one or two players really, really rise in those mm-hmm. those drafts for the especially FFPC and other high stakes formats. And if Jameer Gibbs goes nuclear, he's going to be at the end of the first round, D-Bro. He, he will be. He'll be yeah. at the end of the first round, top of the second. Like he'll probably be up there. Let, let, let's let's pull out the crystal ball here, Theo. Do you think in some of those high stakes drafts, just because people have seen it, do you think Jameer Gibbs will go over Tony Pollard? I think he will. If he smashes in yeah, that game. Absolutely. I mean, if he smashes, like you bank the points and you get the free look, yeah. I think absolutely. And I think that yeah. even if he has a game that we're like, okay, this is it. Like if he has six catches yep. for 65 yards and 60 on the ground, maybe finds the end zone, people are going to lose their minds. And they're going to say, they're going to lose their minds. 20, 20 He's going to go no. at the end of the first round and probably yep. over Tony Pollard, who I just saw go. It's about damn time, people, that they've woken up. Tony Pollard went in the first round of a fantasy pros championship team that I drafted last night on FFPC. So glad to see people are finally waking up to the, to the truth of Tony Pollard. 
I, I took Tony Pollard at uh, the 201 with with uh, Billy Muzio the other day. Yeah, we went My Cowboys man. stack. Cowboys stacking. So, you know, we you put a lot of time and effort and energy into, you know, your process during the season, mm-hmm. your off-season rankings, your evaluations for players. I mean, you labor back and forth on where to rank guys. Which is the guy that if you could know their final stats for the end of the season mm-hmm. – who would it be? Is it a guy that maybe his performance unlocks the, or or it, their teammates in a good or bad way? Is it a guy you're just really struggling with range of outcomes? Which way are you going on this one, Debra? Because I've had a lot of tremendous answers on this question. Theo, you know what? Screw it, man. I want to know what Dalton Kincaid does, baby, because I'm a big believer in the talent. I think he's going to be the wide receiver two on the bills. I think that, look, really all the parts and pieces are there because just a simple question, Theo, and I'm going to throw this to you because it's an easy one. It's a layup, baby. Let's go. Who the hell is the high-end target earner on the Bills after Stefan Diggs? Who, who, who's who's going to get it? Who's going to get a 20% target share on the on the Buffalo Bills after Diggs? It's Dalton Kincaid, D-Bro, because my man's yes, going to get 90-plus targets as rookie yes, season. So it's like yesterday, uh, a couple days ago, I, I said we had a man versus machine show with Dario Ofstein. I said... Dalton Kincaid is going to outscore Kyle Pitts 2021. Kyle Pitts had like 175 PPR points. I think Kincaid gives 185 PPR points. I think he gets 90 plus targets. He's going to have a, you know, seven or eight touchdown catches. He's going to finish as tight end five overall. He's going to be a, be a massive value for people who got him around like tight end 12. And at the end of the day, his skill set doesn't overlap with Stefan Diggs or with Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is going to win downfield. I think Kincaid can win in many different ways. And, He's going to crush in the red zone. So I'm with you completely. This is a great answer. Where well, do you Theo, have Kincaid right now? I know you have so, where you have him in, in Dynasty. You're, you got him at the moon right now. Yo, I've got him at the moon. I've got him top five in Dynasty right now. I've got him and Sammy Ballgame in their own tier. Uh, in the latest update of my redraft rankings, I've got Dalton Kincaid at tight end 12. Um, I could move him a little bit higher. Um, there are other guys like... You don't have to really twist my arm, Billy. Like I mean, uh, Theo, to, for to, for me to um, I don't know why the hell I just called you Billy. Billy looks like a mountain man right now. You're all clean and, and pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you don't have to twist my arm, Theo, to sit here and move him over Evan Ingram. Like I don't think like I think that's a pretty easy conversation. Like we could sit here and talk about like Jacksonville's passing attack versus the Bills, and it's a pretty easy conversation to have, man. It's like like what I just broke down. Who the hell was going to be the number two guy in this passing offense? And what the bugaboo for the Bills has also been, Theo, is all we, we talked about it in previous years. The the kryptonite to what took away a lot of the ceiling for Josh Allen is teams playing too high, playing cover two, keeping everything back and forcing the Bills to sit there and work underneath. So what the hell do we think Buffalo is going to do with Dalton Kincaid and James Cook? They are the cover two beaters. They are the zone beaters. They are the guys that are going to allow Josh Allen to sit there and pepper the short and intermediate and say, you go win after the catch, and then when teams move the safeties up, we're going to take the damn top off with Gabe Davis. And it's, you know, you talk about tight end 12. Like the difference between tight end five and tight end 12 is so small in terms of points per game. So might as well swing for the fences there, D bro. And if you don't think oh, yeah, we're right, man. if you don't think we're right on Dalton Kincaid, you can draft him. And then you can also add a guy like a Higby or somebody with a safer floor, Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett, and you can double tap tight end and, and it won't cost you anything. So yep. love it. And we're going to hear about James cook 
and also a number of other players that Debro is flag planting this season uh, when we come back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, you're in your fantasy draft and someone says, hey, that guy's injury prone. I don't want him. And you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't think you can predict injuries. Well, guess what? Now you can. Injury proneness is real. At Player Profiler, we have the data on these players, and it's all in the Injury Finder app. Their injury track record back through time, exactly where they were injured, how severe it is. We look at the BMI data, and we crunch it all together, and we give you probabilities that a player will miss multiple games this NFL season, as well as the complete database of NFL injuries and the ability to compare two players and look at their injury track record. The Injury Finder is powerful, and it's only 5 bucks. If it's worth it to have that peace of mind when you're drafting, go get it. Welcome back to press coverage and the injury finder app. That's a that's a good segue here, D Bro, because I'd be remiss if we didn't ask, what are we doing with Cooper Cup right now? I draft tonight uh in New York City for the NFFC. Ooh. You have a draft at, I believe, in like 25 minutes. On the yes. or, is it a 115 or is it a one? Uh, it is at one o'clock. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, we're going to keep things moving here. No, it's um, okay, man. I got the queue. I got it pulled up on the second screen. That queue is set, baby. We're ready to roll. So Cooper cup two or three days ago, the conversation was wide receiver three for most people, Tyree kill or Cooper cup, Jamar chase, usually wide receiver two, Justin Jefferson, always wide receiver one, but cup versus Hill was like a debate. And a lot of people were on that cup side. Um, this was a guy that. I was never, but I, I know that either. there's some sharp people were on the cup side and um, you know, I've, I've been on the, the Hill side, but that's neither here nor there. How are you adjusting now to Cooper cup? Cause this is tilting. You know, this is a guy who's 30. Uh, this is not a 22 year old, you know, dealing with an injury. This is an older guy. We missed time last year and this is a setback, which we don't like hearing that word. Where yet? I dropped him out of my first round. I've got him all the way down at 18th overall. And people could hate that, but you're going to be thanking all of us that took him in or put him in the second round if he misses time and he's this year's Keenan Allen. Like, and I don't say that to smirch to besmirch Keenan Allen, but I say that as to say, if you do not build your roster in a way that can account for a Cooper Cup missing multiple weeks, then you're going to be feeling the pain, man. Like, he might not come back until your team is already out of it. They're one and six, one and seven, or something like that. And the other thing that we've already seen, Theo, that like we cannot dismiss either. What if the Rams are are zero and eight in week yeah. nine, and Sean McVay and them they they put everybody on ice again, like, and they say, you know what, screw it, we'll see you in twenty twenty four. Screw this, we're out. You know, like that. That's something we cannot sit here and just. Outright dismiss. Matthew Stafford has his own injury track record. If Cooper, if Cooper Cup is not there, like, what are we doing? Like, we've also heard things out of uh, whether it's been beat writers and stuff like that. The Rams tried religiously to trade Stafford in the offseason. If any of these quarterbacks go down, can we sit here and say maybe he doesn't get traded in the middle of the season? I know it's less likely, but that a quarterback moves because learning an offense, all that kind of stuff in the season. But with the structure of the Rams right now, we know they are rebuilding. They could say whatever the hell they want to. They are rebuilding. They could just tank and sit here and throw the towel in for 2023. And if that's the case, yeah, I want to be below market on Cooper Cup. 
Yeah, I mean, I think right now you got to take him below Garrett Wilson, below Chris Olave, definitely below Devontae Adams. Jalen Waddle's an interesting one because Waddle's dealing with his own thing, but he's back at practice. And again, I'm betting on a guy who's like 23, 24 years old to bounce back versus a 30-year-old. I, I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I think Cup is a tremendous uh, you know, warrior and, a- and athlete, but I'll bet on the younger guys bouncing back over the older guys, especially a guy who missed time last year. So I am worried. I won't say never because I think – you know, we don't hate the player, we hate the ADP. And if yeah. he gets to a certain point, you might have a you might have the opportunity to build a Justin Jefferson Cooper Cup team yep. in some leagues Good. right now. And I think, you know, it's risk tolerance, D bro. Are you willing yep. to finish last to finish first? Sometimes that's the uh that's that's the risk you gotta take to win big in this game. So uh where have you adjusted just round wise, Jonathan Taylor? Oh man, Jonathan Taylor is, let me see where I've got him at. Um, I've got Jonathan Taylor at, I've got Jonathan Taylor now sitting in the third round, fourth round, somewhere on there. Um, Let me see, where did I move him down to? I've moved Jonathan Taylor down to RB, RB 23. Um, which I mean, some the thing about Jonathan Taylor is you can make cases like that's too low, or you can make it make cases for Jonathan Taylor and say, well, that's not low enough, you know. So it it just depends on where you come in on this, man. And and for me, I'm looking at John. Okay, so no, I actually I've got him lower than that, Theo. I've got Jonathan Taylor. I moved him down to 69th overall, so he's in the sixth round. Yeah, I got him in the seventh round the other day. And your FFPC draft, you're about to draft. Mm-hmm. I bet you he's sitting there like a low like. You're going to be in that sixth round. You're going to like, man, should yeah. I do it? Should I do it? So uh, we got to adjust on the fly. This has been a, it's been definitely a tilting, like end of the, end of the, 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 the summer here, but we got to win our drafts. We got to adjust on the fly. That's fantasy football in a nutshell. Time for us to talk about some of the players who are healthy that you are on big time right now. Let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, we talked about this last time you came on first class fantasy <laughs> and I actually have been flag planting the guys of my draft plan. When I missed some of the uh, early QBs, I think Danny dimes has himself a season. Where are you at? Dude, dude, I've been here. I'm still here. The, the clips are out there from player profiler and myself, like on fantasy pros, Daniel Jones. I'm all in dude. I am firmly like late round quarterback is not dead, dude. It is not dead at all. And it's because of, Two to three quarterbacks you can get. Uh, Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson. You want to throw Geno in that in that same conversation? I'm all here for it. But specifically on Daniel Jones, dude, I I do not understand why people hate this man. I've got him at QB10 in my ranks. He was QB10 last year in fantasy points per game. He barely threw the damn ball. And if you're looking at stats over on Player Profiler, you already know he was top five in red zone carries, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. None of that shit's going away, Theo. All of that's going to sit here and remain for this year, except for the fact that we are going to get more play volume and passing out of the Giants. After week 10 last year, they were 10th in neutral pace. 10th! They're going to run more plays this year. They're going to throw the ball more. Darren Waller's going to crush as his wide receiver one. Daniel Jones has top five upside this season. I keep talking about it. But I feel like I need to bring out the damn megaphone like Matt Kelly on the uh, on the FFPC commercial we just saw here. And I need to start screaming it and cut, turn it up to 11 because people are still not drinking the Kool-Aid with me. I think it's kind of a preconceived notions where 
if you ask the average fantasy fan where Danny Dimes finished last year in terms of the overall quarterback uh, points, they wouldn't guess correctly. And then if you ask how many rushing yards he had, people are shocked when they look and see that he had 700 rushing yards. Debra, all it takes is a couple of spike weeks, and that 700 turns into 850. And you're talking about, you know, they have more receiving options now. I think it was kind of cute to, like, make fun of, you know, all these slot receivers. But I think it's going to make that offense extremely efficient. They're It's year two of the Brian Dable offense. They have a lot of first down makers. They have a healthy Saquon. They've got Darren Waller. Um, I Wandell Robinson is looking like he's going to come back soon. So everything's trending up. And I think the offensive line play is going to be improved as well. Jones got sacked a lot last year, but they had a lot of youth on that offensive line. And I think that those guys are going to get a little bit better. All the reports are strong. So I'm completely with you. I think if you miss on, you know, those early uh, quarterbacks, you can sit back, grab dimes and grab another quarterback. But there, we got to talk about Anthony Richardson. We just talked about Jonathan Taylor. And my immediate reaction was, I like this for Anthony Richardson, despite the fact that it, it's terrible for his long-term uh, development and all that. For fantasy-wise, he is the goal line offense for them. And also, they probably have more design quarterback runs. I mm-hmm. think it, you could take a crazy, uh, crazy idea and say, hey, maybe I want to get the ball to Michael Pittman a little bit more because he's probably my best playmaker on the team. So there's lots of like galaxy brain scenarios where I'm like, I like this for Richardson. Uh, although he could break down with no support, at least when he's on the field, he's got a chance to put up a, a, a ton, especially on the ground. Where are you at with Anthony Richardson? I've got – so actually I've got Daniel Jones as my QB9, Anthony Richardson as my QB10, just to sit here and we're keeping it 100. I, I've said this and I'll say it again, Theo. Anthony Richardson, if he starts all the games, which, dude, early in the offseason we are at all this bullshit about, oh, Gardner Minshew's going to sit here and take starts. Gardner Minshew ain't taking no damn starts, man. Not, not if Anthony Richardson's healthy. That, that was never going to happen. Everybody said that he was going to start. Shane Steichen came out to the press and said, the only way you get better as a quarterback is by taking snaps under center. So he's going to start. And if he starts all the games, Anthony Richardson will be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Lock it in. It's going to happen. And people just hate on that man for what he does as a passer or what he does not do. I'm old enough to remember, Theo, when everybody clowned Jalen Hurts for what he could or couldn't do as a passer as well. And that dude, in his first year as a starter, was QB6 in fantasy points per game. The tush pushes are going to be there. Anthony Richardson's going to score eight-plus rushing touchdowns. He's going to throw for over 3,000 yards, and that might not sound like a ton, but if you go back and you check the stats on Jalen Hurts, 3,200 passing yards in that season – It's all there, dude. He's going to run. He's going to be fantastic for fantasy. And everybody that also does not understand how NFL offenses are built, Shane Steichen's offense is going to be mirrored to what Anthony Richardson does well. If you look at what he did well in college, what Shane Steichen has done with his passing attack, a lot of play action, a lot of deep throws, because he's even come out and said it. The NFL can love their zone all they want. When you get 20-plus yards down the field, everything's man coverage. So it does not matter. So what he's going to do is he's going to dial up the deep throws. He's going to use play action. And in those two assets, Anthony Richardson in his final year for Florida was good. He was top 10 in play action passing grade in his final season. He was also top 24 in deep ball uh, passing grades as well. So Anthony Richardson, he might be raw as a passer, 
But what he does well at this juncture of the game, and he's going to run, marries this offense perfectly, he's going to crush. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm into it. I'm here for it. Um, I certainly think that the organization is nuts with the Taylor stuff. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not nuts for taking Anthony Richardson. And you referenced Shane Steichen. He's sort of the quarterback whisperer. Jalen Hurts, and then before that, he was with Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. So yes, this could be three for three for Shane Steichen. Um, and I think that he maximizes what his guys can do well. Those are yep. not similar quarterbacks, and they both crushed. So mm-hmm. we're here for it. Uh, there's a lot of Anthony Richardson haters out there that are that are going to have to delete some tweets, D-Bro. Um, oh, they're going to be deleting left and right, man. Their thumbs are going to be bruised after this season, dude. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, let's get over to the running backs because – We've been on him all summer. We talked about in the pre-show, Tony Pollard. It is officially Tony Pollard season. We've been waiting for this, and his his competition for touches right now is Deuce Vaughn and Rico Dowdle. <laughs> he is he is sitting there, and this this could be the RB one overall. Talk to me about Tony Pollard and how does he do it, D bro? If he gets to RB one overall, how is that path? Is it incredibly like you know ripping off long runs or can he also get the passing volume that I think his skill set can handle so I've had I've had Tony Pollard as my RB1 in my ranks for months now everybody can run away from it you can hide from it you can hate it all you want to he's gonna absolutely manhandle people this year in leagues every single second round pick that you have if Tony Pollard is there if you're not taking Tony Pollard you need to slap yourself on the wrist, man. Tony Pollard is my RB1. He is Austin Eckler 2.0 this year, Theo. He's going to do it on the ground. He's going to do it through the air. And people do not understand. It's like, they're like, oh, man, I love Jake Ferguson so much. Do you not understand with Dalton Schultz gone, Tony Pollard is going to get more work in the passing game. He split reps with Ezekiel Elliott, who is a total schmo in the passing game at this juncture of his career. Tony Pollard has been amazing. Yards per route run, targets per route run. He garners them. This year, inside of that offense, there's a path for Tony Pollard to be the number two passing option in that offense. What, Brandon Cooks? I like Brandon Cooks. But can we also still have a conversation about how Brandon Cooks is a little bit older? Michael Gallup is just a jag. He's not that good. I hate it. Like, you know, you can dislike that all you want, Cowboys fans, but it's the truth. Michael Gallup had one exceptional season every other year of his career. He has posted just replacement level efficiency numbers. Tony Pollard could get 90 targets in that offense, especially if anything happens to Gallup or Brandon Cooks in the season, he's going to be the automatic number two in that offense. Mike McCarthy has run more of a target share through his running backs in previous iterations in Green Bay than what we've seen in Dallas. Dak Prescott's not running like he used to. He's going to check the ball down. Tony Pollard's top five in every damn efficiency metric that you could pull out of your freaking hat from last year. He's been efficient over multiple years. All we've wanted, and I do not understand it, Theo. I've pushed back against this all year. And now people seem like they're more in tune with Tony Pollard, but... Why do we have to try to talk ourselves out of this? Why? We have wanted this for years, and now we get it, and everybody's like, yeah, but I I don't know. But he didn't have 200 carries. He had 193. Quit with your damn rudimentary wannabe cutoffs, your your arbitrary cutoffs for shit. 
He did it last year. He's going to do it again. He was an RB8 with only getting half the work last year. But yet, people were like, I'm going to rank him as RB7. How do you common sense that out? How? Yeah, it's and you could make an argument that this is great that he is he's got the the freshness. The guy's only had about 500 and something carries in his career and this is a guy that I think Dallas is going to lean on. Dallas wants to win the Super he's Bowl. He's 6 foot tall, 210. Yeah. He's yeah. not Deuce Vaughn size. Can we stop talking about him like he cannot hold up with a workload? Yeah. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that he cannot do it. But I think if you hit the nail on the head, if he gets 90 targets, he is the RB1 overall. And we, you know, we have over the last 10 years, the RB1 overall has averaged like 80 catches a year. So you know, he doesn't need to hit 80, but I think he legitimately needs to give us somewhere 65 plus catches. Um, and then with you know the he's he's the goal line back in a good offense, and he's the potential second target in that offense. And per touch basis, Tony Pollard is an absolute killer. He's gonna get more touches, just draft him. You can get a really nice team from the back end of the first round with one of these wide receivers we talked about and Tony Pollard. If you want to go running back, running back this year, Tony Pollard plus a, you know, a, a B. John Robinson, a Saquon Barkley, you can do it. Um, there's many ways to build your draft around Tony Pollard and feel really, really good about things. One guy that's not going to cost you that first or second round pick is James Cook. I'm glad he's one of your flag plants. I flag planted him uh, with uh, Dave Kluge and Alfredo Brown and Billy Muzio yesterday. He's his ADP's risen. People have corrected on this. And beginning of the summer, we're getting James Cook in the eighth round. Now you're seeing like late fifth, sixth round James Cook. He's living right there. Um, but I think it's warranted. Talk about James Cook because people do have the apprehension here because he is a little bit smaller. He's not a 210 pound back. I don't understand how, as a community, we're willing to talk ourselves into, into drafting Jameer Gibbs in the second or third round and yet we see James Cook sitting in the fifth and sixth round, and we say, oh, shit, no. I don't want any part of that. You're making the same bet. Why can people not understand and see this? You're making the same exact bet. Both of these guys are runway backs. They're explosive runners. Put them on the outside and give them big plays. They are pass game weapons. You are willing to draft Jameer Gibbs in the second and third round of your drafts, and you're saying, oh, I'm all in. Let's go. And you're totally dismissing David Montgomery. But you have James Cook that's sitting there in the fifth and sixth round, and he's only got to contend with freaking Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, who cannot stay healthy and has 50-year-old knees. But yet, people are willing to talk themselves out of it. James Cook is discount Jameer Gibbs all day, every day, and he has RB1 upside. Everything out of Buffalo is saying he's going to be the lead back, and you can miss me with Damian Harris getting one goal line carry. If you're willing to sit here and be so much of an ostrich and bury your damn head in the sand and try to prove your priors right on Damian Harris and not James Cook, and you're willing to sit here and ignore that out of that entire rest of that damn drive and the preseason that James Cook did not come off the field, and you're going to push him down or say you're not going to draft him because of one Damian Harris freaking goal line carry, you deserve to lose in fantasy. That's it. You deserve to lose. Because you're, you're not looking at the right details. You're bringing the heat today. The chat is loving it. And I'll say that we've talked about this like a little bit uh, on First Class Fantasy and press coverage. Drafters are probably better. A lot of drafters are better on August 1st 
than they are on September 1st because they start mm-hmm. galaxy brain in these situations. This is a gift. James Cook is a guy that yeah. was a day two pick. He led the league in breakaway run rate, and now he's going to inherit the Devin Singletary role plus. He's way more talented than Devin Singletary ever was, not even close, and he's in a fantastic situation. This is a low – like, you know, James Cook – is getting drafted in that same range that we were able to get Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson last year, mm-hmm. that like low-end RB2 range. He is the kind of guy that could finish as an RB1 there because on a per-touch basis, he's going to be so explosive. And I got news for everybody. So good, dude. That offense is going to score a lot of touchdowns. There's going to be plenty <laughs> of opportunities for James Cook to, mm-hmm. to really eat. And uh, I think he's a very talented player. I think that the haters, again, are going to be going back and, and getting bruises on the finger from deleting all those tweets. They're, they're, they're going to hate it, dude. And I've been out here. Go check the receipts. You could search my name on the old tweet machine. And, yes, it's tweet. It's not X, man. Elon can kick rocks. You can go look at the receipts, man. I've been talking about James Cook since freaking February and March. It's been out there. It's still out there. I'm not going to delete them. If it burns me, fine. I'm going to go. You cannot enjoy the W's and flag plant these players and not as well absorb the L's that we're going to have this year. Cause we're all going to have them, man. But James cook is going to be a W he's yeah. top 12 in, in every efficiency metric you look at first an explosive run rate. He was 12th in yards per route run. You cannot tell me that dude is not going to catch a shit ton of passes. Again, we talked about Dalton Kincaid. The same thing could be said for James cook. He could have a 15 to 17% target share as a full-time player in this offense. The Buffalo Bills need zone-beating options. Dalton Kincaid and James Cook are how they beat zone this year. Smash the like button, people. And you can also build your team with a Tony Pollard in the second, James Cook in the sixth, and hammer the tight end and wide receiver spot. It's very easy to do that right now in FFPC and a couple of these other formats. Um, And maybe get a couple of late dynasty offers in for James Cook as well, guys, because uh, it's going to be a lot more expensive to get him in about two months. Debro, let's take it over to the wide receiver spot. We have Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson has got 140 targets for us every single season. He's had a couple of years where he's smashed at ADP. Last year, he let people down, and it was like a statistical abnormality. Ends up with zero touchdown catches. (laughs) Pittsburgh was dead last in passing touchdowns for the year. But their offense is humming in the preseason with the first team on Mm -hmm. the field, and are we back to Deontay Johnson's season? And, Debro, make me feel good. Because I took uh, Dante Johnson at the 501 in a main event with the GOAT district earlier this week. I mean, I'm totally here for that, Theo. Like, Deontay Johnson, I've got him as my wide receiver 17 in my ranks. And yet, you can still draft this guy as a wide receiver three on your teams. He's going outside the top 24. Why, why does this make any sense? Why are we doing this to ourselves? I don't understand it, man. Like, Deontay Johnson, if we just go back to the two previous seasons, wide receiver 22, wide receiver 8, if you're on playerprofiler.com, you see right now, as you scroll down, that Deontay Johnson was the wide receiver 20 in expected fantasy points per game last year. All he did was just run horribly in every metric. He was 13th in target share, 10th in in red zone targets, and the man didn't score a freaking touchdown. That's going to change this year. So I, I am all in on on taking uh Deontay Johnson where he goes I will draft him aggressively I have no issues with that at all because Deontay Johnson is the truth man and what he can control Theo and I'm going to put this out there is that we look at all these deeper metrics about yards per route run um and things of that nature those are also metrics that are tied to quarterback play and production and stuff 
If you look at what Deontay Johnson can control, what he could control, i.e. getting open on his routes, this man over the last two seasons was second in ESPN open score. So basically how often he got open behind only A.J. Brown. So put respect on his name, draft him as a wide receiver three, and enjoy low-end wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two production this year. No, I, I love it. And it's it's funny, you know, we hear a lot about, about positive touchdown regression and some people absolutely hate that term. Debro, do you use that term or do you have something else? And shout out to Anthony in the chat. Regress to the touchdown mean. Maybe that sounds a little, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe yeah, maybe we should, better. we might have to rock that maybe, one. Maybe we need to go with Anthony here. Right, well, let's rock it with Anthony. I'll just have to start using that and working that in. We're a couple days away from not having to discuss that too, guys, which is, <laughs> which is very exciting. Please, please always, season, come on. It always feels weird to, to keep using that, that term. You never say that word in real life. You never yeah, you use don't. the word positive. You know, it doesn't happen. I don't positively regress in anything in life but then i talk about it for like two months in the summer so man this spaghetti's gonna positively regress to the mean man i just you know like i never i never talk about anything else in my life like food anything life anything with regression but fantasy we do and then we're here for it absolutely uh keenan allen now this is a guy that has steamed up d bro this is a guy you used to be able to get sometimes once in a while you see him fall to the end of the end like you know, to the fourth round, but usually this guy's been living now in the early third round. Uh, I think people are getting wise with how good a season he could have in this uh, CD lamb role in the Kellen Moore offense. Are you on that train? Like how high are you willing to push Keenan Allen? And I'll take this a, a step forward. Where are you out on Keenan Allen versus two younger wide receivers that go in his range? T Higgins, DK Metcalf. Let's throw Calvin Ridley in there. Just how, much of a flag plan is he for you? I have Keenan <clears throat> Allen at wide receiver 10, my man. I've okay. got him above um, T. Higgins. I got him above DK Metcalf. I've got him above all those guys because I don't understand why we hate Keenan Allen so much. Keenan Allen is a locked in wide receiver one over numerous seasons. He does it every year. Last year, when he came back from injury, he was the wide receiver three in fantasy points per game. Kellen Moore is going to run a shit ton of plays this year. I've already, like, I'm making the bet. I've already got bets made that Justin Herbert is going to lead the NFL in passing yards this year. He's going to probably lead the pass. He's going to lead the NFL in passing attempts, considering, and that's not even a hot take, people. Do you realize that Justin Herbert has finished second in passing attempts in each of the last two seasons? So that's not even a hot take. And he has a a 5,000. And he has a 5,000-yard season yes. already. It's not like Debro's yes. making so. you know, we've seen it. We have seen it. And if you want a bold take here, Theo, and I don't even think it's that damn bold, man, Keenan Allen is going to lead the NFL in receptions this year. That's what's going to happen. He's going to catch 100 balls. He's going to crush. He's going to be wide receiver one. And you've been able to draft him as a wide receiver two even now, right yeah. now. And And I think that's absolute crazy sauce. It's like, we're so worried about, oh, with the injuries or the age and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, what has Keenan Allen shown you that that says that he's falling off? Last year was his highest yards per route run in a season since I think it was either 2017 or 2018. He looked rejuvenated. So just l- let's parse through this for a second here, Theo. People are like, well, Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Then why do you not love Keenan Allen? QJ body catches everything. Then why do you not love Keenan Allen? Kellen Moore's there. Why do you not love Keenan Allen? I like Justin Herbert. Why do you not love Keenan Allen? I mean, 
Which, which narrative are we cherry picking? Why do we not love Keenan Allen outside of, ooh, he's old? It's funny because we have four wide receivers who are 30, around 30, going in the first round or the early second, and we're all in on those guys. But then we get the 32-year-old Allen who really hasn't shown uh, any signs of like regression. Debro mm-hmm. talked about how he came in and crushed Dan last season. Um, so I'm with you. And his, again, like QJ is more of a threat to Mike Williams, in my opinion. And you talked about Gerald Everett. Uh, Gerald Everett doesn't win in the same way as Keenan Allen does. And Austin Eckler doesn't. So it's like, this is it. Justin Herbert can finish QB1 overall. He can have 45 touchdown passes. And he can lead Keenan Allen to a huge ADP win, despite the fact that you're paying a little extra for Allen right now. Uh, Let's keep this going. You got a draft. I got a draft. Tight ends. (laughs) Dallas Goddard is on your flag plant list. Talk about Dallas Goddard, because he's a... Somewhat affordable right now. You know, we've seen the the rise of a couple of these other tight ends. Goddard's just chilling right there. So I will say that uh, Dallas Goddard had made, he's made my flag plant list a little bit late in this season. Um, I have gravitated to more Dallas Goddard as the weeks have gone on. I actually moved Dallas Goddard up um, for full transparency right now for the people at home. I moved Dallas Goddard up above Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. Dallas Goddard is my tight end five this year. And the reason for Dallas Goddard is simple, Theo. It's Dallas Goddard is a freaking beast. He was tight end five in fantasy points per game last year. If you put up Dallas Goddard's um, efficiency metrics versus all these other guys. So stick him up in the same echelon as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. And yes, I just said that, and I said it clearly, and I said it. I'll say it again. Dallas Goddard has the same talent as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. The only thing that we have not seen out of Dallas Goddard is the fact that he's never gotten that type of volume. And I'm not telling you that he is going to get 120, 130 targets this year. But if anything were to happen in season to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, that is the pathway for Dallas Goddard. He could get 130 targets if either one. This is a consolidated passing attack, Theo. Like, looking at this passing attack, he has the efficiency metrics. All we need is the volume to happen, and that either happens with an injury to one of those guys or Philadelphia has to play a harder schedule and Jalen Hurts has to throw the damn ball. So for everybody at home, and you don't think that he is in that same phylum of talent as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, let's sit here and chat about this for a second. I already told you he was tied in five in fantasy points per game last year. Let's also heap on top of that. If you go to playerprofiler.com, he was third in yards after catch. He was also third in yards per route run. So people can miss me with all of this bullshit of he is not is in that same talent group. The only thing that he has not gotten in his career, so people put respect on his name, is the target volume. And that can happen this year if it does He's going to the moon, and you're going to wish you drafted him on some of your teams. No, I'm with you, and I think that he's like at the end of a range of guys where we know what, what it is. And then, Debra, I'll also throw out to you, if anything were to happen with A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith, we obviously don't want that. The contingent, that, up, the but... contingent upside for Goddard is insane. He would go nuts. Crazy. Um, and they'd have a lot of, you know, they use him in different ways. They get use him on screens. Um, he is definitely a very, very talented player. And guys, you know Debro's going to bring this guy up. We're going to close the show out with the flag play. And I think it's like 
It's the law. I sent you this video have... months ago, Theo. Listen. I sent you this video months ago before it was popular and before it was cute. You ran pure. Listen, I'll give Debro credit for a lot of things. <laughs> but Christian Watson, he was the first one to put, put everybody on Christian Watson. He was smitten after the Senior Bowl. Christian Watson came in and did it. And Darren Waller, you know, you had Darren Waller at tight end three when people had him at tight end like seven. And now everyone has him at tight end three. Some people are pushing him up in like the conversation with Mark Andrews at two. And mm -hmm. you did your Darren Waller for our world famous draft kit, D bro. And hey man, you're looking pretty sharp right now. Where, where you got where you got Darren Waller right now? How how many how how high is he gonna finish in tight ends? Okay. Is that you you last year told everybody to take Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown as your your league winning stack? Is Darren Waller and Daniel Jones your league winning stack this year? Yes, sir. Love Receipts it. are out there. Daniel Jones and Darren Waller is the league winning stack. You need to sit here and target in your drafts. That is the guy that I'm going to plant my flag on. I, I love him this year, man. And I have drafted so much Darren Waller. He is my most exposed player in best ball right now. Um, I've been here and I've had him and not to sit here and correct Theo on air, but I had him at tight end too. When I submitted that, when I submitted the video, the when I submitted us. the video, Theo, I had him at tight end too. He is in the same tier as Mark Andrews. I've had it all off season. People can pull the, the, the pictures of my ranks, go back in time. It has been there. It's still there. Darren Waller is my tight end too. For all the reasons, man, he's gonna absolutely crush. People are so worried about injuries. And I think that if we're going like from, from year to year, Theo, one of the easiest things to sit here and take advantage of is, is a people's butthurt bias about players that they got burned on or they got injured, and they're like, I will never draft them again. Okay, fine. Enjoy losing. Enjoy having like values pass you by because you're so worried about it. These guys can't ever stay healthy. How did that CMC take work out for people that he couldn't stay healthy in all those years? That felt good? That worked out well for you? Probably not. Played a lot Darren of games Waller is the guy we just we, we embrace it Theo yeah. all the efficiency metrics are there he has not fallen off in talent and 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 I want to I want to close it with this for everybody that is out there and you talk about Travis Kelsey should be drafted as a top five player Travis Kelsey is a round one lock Travis Kelsey is just a god amongst men that man is Zeus do you not realize that Travis Kelsey is not young either so for all the, the love you have for Travis Kelsey, and I get he has not had the same injury history as Darren Waller, do not sit there and besmirch Darren Waller's name while you at the other side of your mouth talk about how great Travis Kelsey is when these two guys are in the same type of age cliff curve and you don't have any qualms about Travis Kelsey because you've seen it. You've seen him stay healthy. He never gets injured. But you want to heap on Darren Waller and you want to talk about he's injured and he's old. Check your priors, man. Get real with it. Draft Darren Waller and enjoy winning. I have so much Darren Waller right now. It's scary, but it's also exciting. And Darren Waller, I think, is going to smash. Yep. The last time we talked about Brian Dable trading for a veteran receiver, it was Stephon Diggs. And mm. guess what? Stephon Diggs won people leagues that year. Uh, and Stephon Diggs, you were getting in like the sixth round. Right now, in a lot of non-tight end premium leagues, you're getting Darren Waller in like round five. Guys, history repeats itself. I think Brian Dable's got another league winner. They're going to feature him all over the field. I think he's going to have a shocking amount of targets. I think he's going to have 130 targets. Yeah. If he gets to 115, he's going to win at ADP. 
there's not a whole lot of tight ends getting 90 targets, let alone this yep. many. I think he's going to get 130 targets, number mm-hmm. two in targets to Travis Kelsey. And I've got him right at tight end three behind Mark Andrews. Debro's got him tight end two. Debro, let everybody know where they can find you. You crush it this offseason. I hope you have an awesome season, my man. Love you, Theo, man. I love everything y'all are doing over player profile. And this is not me blowing smoke up Theo's ass. I have so much respect for the team over a player profiler. Like Matt Kelly gave me one of my first starts in this industry. I will never be able to sit here and tell that man, thank you enough for that. You and Billy are crushing it on all facets. You know, Kiwoom, I was on his show too. Yeah, he's, he's awesome as well, dude. You got Jack Cavanaugh out here doing constant content. Y'all have a beautiful and amazing team man so i'll say this too i think and this is nothing against anybody in the industry but i will i will plant this flag as well theo before i get up out of here billy muzio is one of the best if not the best projections person in the business so if you're not following his work and theo's work and all of this stuff on high stakes you're doing yourself a disservice man so just got to give you all the shout out. A lot of puff and praise. You're not going to toot your horn, so I'm going to toot it for you, baby, because I know how much uh, action you get on a yearly basis, and you're so damn good at it, man. I'd love to see you rising in the ranks, and Matt is super, super smart for bringing you on, man. Um, as far as my work, man, it's all at Fantasy Pros. Primer's going to be out Thursday mornings. I'm on the show three to four times a week. Again, me and Joey P going to be doing DFS on AMP every Friday. I have Twitter spaces that I do uh, on the main Fantasy Pros account. So follow that. Turn on notifications every Friday. I just, before we hopped on for this, Theo, I did about 45 minutes uh, with everybody on the tweet machine just answering questions, having a damn good time doing it. I do those every Friday. And that's all the things are stuff, dude. I love you. And we're going to have a great season. Yeah, no, for sure. And guys, you've been listening all summer long. Appreciate the kind words from D-Bro. And guys, this is time to execute. It's execute time, guys. You know, you know who to take. Let's win some titles this year. Let's win some money. Let's have an awesome season. Stick with us all season. Check out the great work over at Fantasy Pros and let's get it. Have an amazing holiday weekend, everyone. And thanks for tuning in. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.